but also people fall asleep face down sometimes <laughs> in the grass when we would pick her up in the afternoon andy and i would play a game called asleep or dead um <laughs> Welcome to the From Quarantine Podcast, a daily dose of dry humor from two Americans living in the heart of Europe, hosted by January Newbanks and Tassie Gibson. Good morning, Tassie. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. Oh, I know. I slept with the door open last night in my room. The oh, balcony lovely. door. Yeah, it was so nice. Except for I think it makes Gus nervous. Like, when we open the windows, he's like, guys, you realize there's wind out there? Because you know <laughs> Gus is afraid of wind, right? He is afraid of wind. Yeah. I know. So when, like, ever there's, like, a breeze that's, like flowing through the apartment which is amazing he's like oh poor baby I feel so bad for him but I'm like I'm sorry this makes life so much better need fresh air yes it's true what's what's been going on with you in the last (laughs) couple of days I think you have some uh, bullet points for us Yes, I do. My first bullet point is that we didn't put up a podcast yesterday because on Monday I had I went in for a outpatient outpatient procedure to remove simple basal cell carcinoma, I thought. And instead it turned into like a large portion of my scalp was removed. Mm. So um so I was recovering from that surgery with the uh, a, a good bit of pain medication yeah <laughs> and I, baby I also am like rocking a full like my friend Mel said I look like I've just come out of a medieval painting because <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm are wearing wrapped. yeah I'm wrapped I'm uh wearing a uh full-on head bandage that goes like under my chin and like the whole bit so Mm. I kind of am rocking this like mummy vibe a little bit um in fact Lucy brought me a picture yesterday that she drew um she's got her father's sense of humor and it's got like a (laughs) portrait of me and I'm like wrapped up in the bandage like up to my nose you know like my mouth is covered and everything (laughs) and on top it says I miss my mummy Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and she asked Andy if he, she, like, I heard her out in the hallway. Like, she asked Andy if um, she, if he thought I would be upset by it. Like, if I would think she was making fun of me. Oh, she's so sweet. I, I love know. It. And Andy's like, I don't think so. And I didn't. I thought it was hilarious. She's that is so funny. really funny. Yeah. We should play with words. I know, right? She'll she's... be a linguist. She's a clever one. (laughs) What about you? What's going on with you? Um, Well, I just have a funny thing. The weather's been so nice. Um, And yesterday I went for a long walk with Tony at the monastery park across the street. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people out also because the microbrewery there will sell you beer in cups. And since 
um, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but since the rules are slightly, slightly laxed um, from yesterday, there were a lot of people out and taking advantage of the sun and playing out in the field. Um, And as I was coming back with Tony, there was a man with a man bun, which, you know, like, that's a fashion that needs to die. But... (laughs) Like, full-on man bun. You could just tell he was, like, hipster of all hipsters. And from the back, he was just, like, white post-winter boy, right? And he mm. turns around, and he is bright red lobster oh, on the front. Oh, no. It's the face mask on, so you could see the drawstring white. Oh, dear under- God, that's <laughs> awesome. And I laughed out loud because it was so funny. <laughs> Um, I think he must have fallen asleep in the grass or something. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't that warm yesterday. I mean, it was it was warm, but it wasn't like summer warm. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with the Czech way of like just laying down in the grass and falling asleep in random yeah. places. I mean, like even in the middle of the city, like a Malostranska, um stop there, like the metro and tram stop, mm-hmm. like that little green yeah, area that's people across the grass my, there it's true people fall asleep so when but also people fall asleep face down sometimes <laughs> in the grass and so I remember when Lucy went to preschool and that was like our stop that we got off of we, when we would pick her up in the afternoon Andy and I would play a game called asleep or dead um <laughs> <laughs> where we would guess if people were asleep or dead <laughs> kind of like for for not for coming from a place where like in the middle of the city I would never lay down in the grass and just like especially right. face first like into like the amount of dogs in this country alone <laughs> like would keep me from doing that um it was one grass- of my most surprising things when I went to England for the first time yeah. and um people do that on their lunch breaks they'll especially in London they'll yeah. get their lunch and then they spend their lunch break sitting out on a bit of green grass and I was like this is the sweetest thing ever yeah yeah Yeah, I'm fine with laying in the grass I prefer to have a blanket (laughs) but I also don't just like sleep out in public you know (laughs) like that feels weird to me but these people are full-on asleep man one of my best memories um of my travels is I went to Oslo Norway um a million moons ago and I had a little bit of a head cold, so I wasn't feeling 100%. And it was spring, so the weather was, like, not warm. Like, it was warm in the sun, but cold in the shade, you know, that kind of spring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's this beautiful monument park um, where they have all these statues. And I don't remember the name of the the artist, but it's a famous park there. And I just went and fell asleep on one of the benches and it's one of my favorite memories, just sleeping out in the open. Oh. <laughs> uh, backpacker or homeless? That's another game we play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, so. <laughs> Anyways, do you have another bullet point for us? I do. <laughs> So for a few years now, I've participated in the 100 Days Project. It's hashtag the 100 Days Project. Um, 
I know this about you. A 100-day project, yes. And the first year I did photography, which was lovely, but it's, like, super, super time-consuming to go out and take, like, a photo that that's that I think is good every day. <laughs> the problem with being um, a professional photographer. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, this year, like I did a couple different, I've done a couple different things. I did uh, just like days of creativity, 100 days of creative things. So I did like sketches and paintings and stuff like that. But this year I have kind of gotten into watercolor. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I have like a book that explains like a couple of topics, but I've never been trained to be a watercolor artist or anything like Mm -hmm. that and I'm not trying to like start now but (laughs) I do love 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 watercolor painting and me too I have two of your paintings actually in my apartment you do two I have two I have one of me and Tonda and Uh I have one of just Tony oh that's right that's right Mm. I forgot I gave you two but yeah I've been been slowly getting better over the last year and so I decided this year um especially since we're stuck in our houses that I would do 100 days of watercolor paintings so um they're just watercolor sketches really just small things not like Mm -hmm. I'm not doing any landscapes or anything (laughs) yesterday (laughs) for the first day it started yesterday I did um some beetles just I saw those on your Instagram. They were beautiful. Very colorful. Yeah. I had a lot of fun picking the colors and choosing the designs. So that was my day one. I have no idea what I'm going to do today, but it has also inspired Lucy to paint with me. So yesterday she got out her little paint set and her easels. Uh, She's using acrylic, not watercolor but um and she took bubble wrap and she made like a textural background for the painting that she wants to do because when I was doing bugs she wanted to do a ladybug so yesterday she did like she took bubble wrap and made a green background and it's really super cool and it was just such a nice experience like I turned on some ambient music and just kind of enjoyed the process of painting and so I'm excited about the next hundred days I always miss a day or here or there, but I've decided this year that I'm with, with everything going on in our lives across the world, I've decided, you know, to just aim for getting as many as I can in the hundred days. I'm not going to aim for perfections. And yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. So, because I've mentioned many times on this podcast that my personality just does not respond well to being given a <laughs> daily task. <laughs> My right. brain starts to revolt eventually, but um, but I love watercolor painting so much, even if I'm not that good at it, um, that I I want to do it. So that's cool. my bullet point. Doing it for a hundred days, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna I am cataloging it on my Instagram. That's part of the challenge is that you do something and then you take a picture of it uh, for Instagram. And actually, our pep talks episode was inspired by um, Elise Blaha Kripe, who uh, did 100 days of pep talks for her 100 day project. So, yeah, yeah. that's true. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, it's time. It's that time again. If you want to join, it's not too late. You should join us and do something creative for 100 days. It's good Very for your brain. Cool. 
Well, my last bullet point is surprise mail is the best kind of mail. Um, I got a little notice from the uh, post office maybe two weeks ago. um, And there are extensions right now for picking up your mail because obviously everything's a little strange. Um, And I'd gone a couple times, but the line was long or you know, whatever. So finally on Monday, I went to pick up this package. And also I was kind of not going there because I was like, I'm not expecting anything. It's probably some letter from some government office, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. one of those things. Eh, It'll be fine. Um, So I went and I picked it up and it had uh, postage from the UK. And I have a few friends who live in the UK that send me things from time to time. So I was like, oh, it's fine. It's interesting. I don't know who who this is from. And I came home and I opened it. It was from my friend, Adam, who I've known for years and years and years and is a lovely human being. Um, and he had been in a charity shop and he found a deck of cards from my favorite TV show, which I talked about uh, with Emily. And I think I've talked about with you, QI, which stands for quite interesting. Um, uh-huh. and, I th- and the podcast is um, no such thing as a fish and Love so them. it's a deck of playing cards that have random facts on it and you can kind of play the QI game using these uh, cards and the facts and oh, that's awesome. it was the best gift ever because first surprise mail and second it was QI and the QI yeah. elves so um, I had a big smile plastered all over my face the whole day because I was just like oh so nice it's so nice and thoughtful when people send mail, especially in times like this when, like, you can't, like, go visit your friends and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's so nice even just to get, like, postcards from people, like, something tangible. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And I like when it's, I mean, of course, when it's a really close friend, that's lovely to get. But when it's a friend like this that, yeah. like... That you're on like a Christmas card list with them and you're friendly and maybe we have a conversation on the phone once a year, once every other year or something, but that someone really values your friendship and thinks about you out of the middle of nowhere. Um, I think that's important. So everyone listening, if someone pops into your head, do something sweet for them. Yes, absolutely. We could use more random acts of kindness right now. That's true. Now more than ever. (laughs) (laughs) so that transitions us to what is happening in the czech republic right now oh as i alluded to um we have a few changes but uh we're going to speak about them cautiously because we'll see how it comes yeah Um, spoiler alert nobody knows (laughs) exactly that's the best way to say we don't know what's happening no the so because the numbers in the Czech Republic have been much lower than were first anticipated and um, things have been going um, better than um, expected and the numbers have been quite low, um, the government is trying to give us some uh, little concessions, I would say, something back so that we're not all freaking out. So they've made a couple of small changes. For me, the best thing being that if you are out in nature, uh, riding a bike, running, doing exercise, hiking, um, and you are further than two meters from other people, I I would say basically if you can't see someone else, um, because even in the parks, you should still have it on 
Um, mm-hmm. But if you are out in nature and you're doing sport, then you don't have to wear the face mask. Woo-hoo! Yay! So uh, running yesterday morning without the face mask for part of the run. And this morning I took Tony and we go through part of a little uh, rural forest area um, and not having the face mask. I was like, yes, um, my skin can breathe. So that's good. Also, some of the shops are going to open from today, actually. So like hobby markets, um, DIY centers, uh, children's shops, shoe shops, and and some food shops that were uh, that were closed before. I know Marks and Spencer, um, their food shop is now open. Um, I'm hoping that the farmers markets will be able to open. I was reading um, some articles about that because the small farmers that depend on those farmers markets are losing um, their livelihood. Uh, And those would be manageable. Um, I I think that they could fall within the rules as long as the tables are at an adequate distance, blah, blah, blah. It's just so hard farmers markets because they're so crowded. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, you know, it's hard to keep your distance. I'll be interested to see, like, especially a farmer's market like Naplavka, mm-hmm. which is on the bank of the Voltava River. Right. Um, well, I think center. that one should have been closed this year anyways, because aren't they doing some repairs down there? I don't know. I I'm honestly sure. don't know. Because I kind of avoid it because I get anxious in crowds. Yeah, it's so while it, Yeah, so while I certainly appreciate it you know like being down by the river or something i mm-hmm. kind of prefer like the Prague six um farmer's market which is close do you to my go old to the one at yojiho spoda broad that one's quite nice yeah jvp as the expats call it <laughs> jvp because we can't pronounce what's the name yojiho spoda broad yeah there's like a an r with the hachik uh-huh. Um, in there and that is like the impossible letter that I that's what I call it the impossible letter um, I can say it on its own you have to like roll your tongue and push your tongue to your teeth at the same time so it's a difficult sound for people to make and actually I don't know if I said this the last time but even in preschools here uh, speech therapists come to every preschool and work with all of the children to teach them how to say it correctly true. even Czech children have trouble with this letter so yeah, and this, the, the Slovaks language with it yeah the Slovaks don't have it nope and their yeah. language is practically like identical um oh, don't tell the Slovaks that you said that I don't mean identical <laughs> I meant compatible start a revolution <laughs> I will start a revolution I'm sorry Slovaks I don't mean identical I mean it's like a sister language it's yeah. a sister language. It's it's related. Like Croatian. It's related. Um, yeah, these Slavic languages. Yeah, I mean, I remember I watched like a TV series that was um, about Catherine the Great. And it was produced. It was a Russian TV series. So it was produced in Russian with English subtitles. And it was fun to listen for the crossovers, the things that were yeah. the same in both or just like it just slightly different so yep. slovaks you are special snowflakes i do not mean <laughs> to, to lump you in with the checks i know how you feel about that i'm very sorry for <laughs> slip on my tongue um but yeah 
Point yeah. being, they don't have it. Nobody else in the world has it because it's a pain in the ass. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I can say it on its own, but when it's in the middle of the word, and especially when there are several hot checks, like um, even if there's like a cha or a sha along mm-hmm. with it, like my brain just shuts down. <laughs> it's like, no thanks. <laughs> oh, learning languages are so fun. Learning languages are fun. You learn so much about yourself, don't you? It's true. So, so that is that, <laughs> that's the summary back. Sorry. That was my rabbit trail with the language. Can't yeah. get a linguist talking about language. Uh, the summary uh-huh. is there are a few things happening, but basically we won't really know the big ones until after Easter. They're still kind of waiting seven more days to see what happens. Um, but after Easter, probably more shops will be able to open yeah. with sanitation um, guidelines so only with a certain number of people allowed in and there should be some kind of hand sanitizer at the door of every shop yeah Um, they have to have gloves too right yes and gloves um, gloves have to be available you don't have to wear the gloves in the shop but gloves should be available Mm -hmm. Um, and let's see what else oh basically like it's the problem is that the prime minister and the um parliament are in, de- in not in agreement with what should happen so yeah, the the prime minister wanted to extend the emergency for 30 days and it's only been approved until may 1st right. rather than may 11th so um well, so they God they do we're... have the i know they do have the approval until the end of may the emergency will extend but with this caveat that things will start to open slowly slowly yeah. So, um, so I, I, I think it's a responsible way to look at it, that they're checking the numbers and looking at how things are going, um, taking into concern that people are feeling anxious in their homes by not being able to get out. And, um, but so. it's going to be interesting because I think people are, when, once people are allowed out, like right now, everybody's kind of focusing on not being able to get out. But I think once people are allowed out, maybe they'll experience like kind of the fear of being around other people a little bit more than they might have yeah, anticipated. I'm sure so, that there will be some interesting psychological fallouts <laughs> yeah. to do with yeah. this, how people process it. But um, yeah, but we this see. is a trauma. So I think, you know, even if we're not processing it as a trauma that's happening to ourselves, like it's a trauma to like the way that we think about the world, all of this uncertainty is very difficult for most people to take on board. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we shall see, but more updates as they come. And I think by the end of next week, the week after Easter, then we'll have a better idea of what's actually yeah. going to come about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in a very much like a, a very like day by day kind of space in my brain. I'm trying not to like take, take anything for like, gospel truth right now I'm just like it's a wait and see it's all a wait and see so I'm gonna like just focus on yeah what I could do today yeah speaking Mm. of my brain (laughs) I don't know about you guys but I'm having a really hard time concentrating on anything I think like once we got to like day 15 17 of quarantine um my my brain it was sort of like what happened with mom brain like when I had a baby Uh it was like your subconscious is too busy trying to like deal with 
like all of the information that it has to absorb. And so it makes it difficult to concentrate. And I don't know if that's real because I'm not a doctor, but that's kind of <laughs> what it feels like. <laughs> so I'm having concentrate, I'm having concentration issues and I love reading books. Last year I read 140 books because I love reading books. And right now I can't really get through a whole book, even in audiobook form. I'm feeling like it's too much. Right. So I talked about this. I'm having the same problem. I keep picking things up, reading a chapter and then realizing I don't know what I read. So I also haven't been able to get through a book. Yeah, even with television, I, my brain is kind of drifting. Like, it has to be something, like, really short. And, like, Tazi, have you ever watched Kim's Convenience on Netflix? No. No, but you told me you about it. Should. You should. You should watch it. I think you would really enjoy it. Um, but I've been watching Kim's Convenience episodes over and over again. <laughs> because it's something. And I, I actually did start watching uh, Gilmore Girls with Lucy, and she loves it. So. Aww. But Gilmore Girls, I know like by heart because I Mm -hmm. used to watch it to fall asleep. So I feel like I've seen it 11 billion times. And so (laughs) I don't have to concentrate to to be able to kind of pop in and out. So that's really nice. Um, So I feel like my thoughts are drifting. So alternatively, I've been turning to poetry, both reading and writing it because it's concise and moving and inspiring and as a writer, you can tell an entire story in like 30 minutes of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also just really enthralled with the way that poets create a world, create a mood, um, convey an emotion with so few words. Um, even if the poem is, you know, seven, eight stanzas, I feel like, you know, sometimes it takes people an entire novel to express like what they're expressing in this short amount of words so I really love that it's short and concise and I'm able to appreciate it be inspired by it so I've kind of turned to poetry which I've never been a big poetry reader um so it's it was kind of surprising to me how much I've sort of latched onto it and I think the gateway for me were was like uh Instagram poets Mm mm-hmm the modern day poets because my sister follows a lot and she'll repost their poems and then like I'll kind of follow go to their page and read through their poems and then start following them and and you do the same thing so yeah yeah, I love I've always loved poetry my mom um is really into poetry and so I grew up surrounded by poets and uh, books of poetry. So I remember Elizabeth Barrett Browning was one of the first authors that I read even um, as, as a kid, like I was probably Lucy's age. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Robert Browning, of course, Khalid uh, Gebron is yeah. one, of, one of my mom's very favorites. So we read those together. Um, so I've always loved poetry and that was something that surrounded me. My mom would always give me a book of poetry for like, um, big birthdays. I have two of them on my shelves over here. I can see. Um, so Mm -hmm. I think that it's been something that's been part of the rhythm of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's fun because it's old, old for you. Like it's deep rooted for you and it's new for me. Yeah. Um, Which actually actually, is funny because it kind of... (laughs) comes into we were sharing the poems that we're going to read and I tended to pick some 
classics and you tended to pick modern. So I think that this will be a nice mm-hmm. convergence. Yeah, I actually bought a book um, off of Amazon maybe like two weeks ago, um, and it's uh, 365 poems, like like a poem for every night of the year. And I I haven't been reading them at night because it just doesn't work with our rhythm because Andy's got calls, you and I record, you know, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff going on in the evening. Um, But we have family time every morning from like 7:30 to 9 and it really starts our day well like that's kind of our new rhythm mm-hmm. um we have this time where we like put down our screens and we just share or spend time with each other while Andy and I are drinking our coffee and Lucy is telling us about her day or what she wants to do or talking about her new video game a lot and <laughs> so <laughs> Adding the poetry into our like daily routine has been so fun. There's a lot of poems. It's a British book. So there's a lot of British poets and there's a lot of cultural references that Brits would re- recognize and sometimes Americans don't. So it's been kind of fun to like unpack those things and in, in, you know, like yeah, shortly cool. look things up and stuff. But there's a lot of Lewis Carroll. There's, you know, several really cool poems. There's one poem where um, it's from it's written from the perspective of Nessie the Loch Ness monster and (laughs) it's what it's like just just like these noises like sniffle her (laughs) full and it's what what they what the poet imagined Nessie would sound like if she were talking but there's punctuation and there's capitalization and stuff so like it takes like some energy to read it and that is one of the things that I've been really appreciating about poetry is that you have to bring energy to it Mm -hmm. um and that kind of segues nicely into your next point yeah because I think that two there are two points that I would say Um, make poetry much more enjoyable. If you're a person and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, "Uh, maybe I'm going to turn you off now. Um, (laughs) I think that poetry gets a bad rap for being all fluffy and flowery and Um, Mm sing-songy. But there are two things that have stuck with me. And I don't remember, I had a great high school um, literature teacher, Mr. Downard. I don't remember if he's the one that put me onto these things or if I gathered them somewhere but the first one being uh poetry should be read out loud so if you're trying to read a book of poetry on the bus that's not the ideal place because the rhythm and the flow of the language um that might work for you I'm not saying for everyone that's a bad thing but um it's not like reading a novel. It's not like if you skip a word or, you know, you skim something. You really, like you said, you have to be involved in the, mm-hmm. the entire poem. So um, if you can be in a quiet place or you can be with your family or someone that you're comfortable with and you can actually read the, poet, the poem out loud, mm-hmm. then I think it brings an element to it where you go, like kind of like the light bulb. Aha, okay, I hear what the author is doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And the second one goes along with that, that um, a lot of people read poetry, that very sing-songy, you were saying like Dr. Seuss, um, that and actually, I have been told um, that you should read according to the punctuation, which means rather than taking that breath or that pause at the end of each line, even if the, there's a rhyming sequence, um, 
if you read to the next comma or you read to the next uh, period or colon, then that's going to give you a better rhythm and it's going to sound more natural. It's going to lose that fluffy, flowery um, thing that people tend to say, I don't like about poetry. And when you read mm-hmm. it according to um, a thought process, then it's going to sound much more natural. Yeah, those are some good tips, Tess. So, that being (laughs) said, what's your first poem? All right. So, my first poem is a poem by Nikita Gill, Nikita Gill, which you probably have heard us reference like maybe three or four times on this podcast already, just because she is amazing and really good. And I love her way with words that it's just so therapeutic. And this poem is aptly named World's End <laughs> because I think that, you know, it it doesn't feel like the world is ending. I shouldn't I shouldn't say that. That's not what I mean. But it definitely has like that apocalyptic kind of feel mm-hmm. when uh, we have a worldwide pandemic and everybody's locked in their houses and shuttered up and afraid and all of those kinds of things. But anyway, World's End by Nikita Gill. The world has gone dark more times than you or your mother or your grandmother can remember. And every hurricane that was meant to be the end of it all has instead ended in sunshine again. So I believe when I say you will survive this and the next one too. Isn't that hopeful? It is. And it's so true. Like in the moment, anything in life. In the moment, it feels like this will never end. Yeah. But it will end, and it'll be better. And um, that that is the rhythm of of nature and life. Um, and I think it's important to keep that in mind. Like it ends. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. What about you? What's your first poem? So my first poem is called Solitude by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. Um, she was writing at the turn of the century. Um, she passed away in 1919. So, and I think she was born in the 1880s ish. And -hmm. actually you're going to recognize this first stanza of her poem because it's really famous. Um, she wrote really beautiful poetry and probably people are more familiar with what she's written than they would realize if you start delving in. Um, and let me just give a plug for poetryfoundation.org. Um, I find a lot of my poems when I'm trying to remember there, and they also give you a bit of research and information about the poetry and the poets. So if you, yeah, if you're really into this, go to poetryfoundation.org. Um, Solitude by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. Laugh, and the world laughs with you. Weep, and you weep alone. For the sad old earth must borrow its mirth, but has treble enough of its own. Sing, and the hills will answer. Sigh, it is lost on the air. The echoes bound to a joyful sound, but shrink from voicing care. Rejoice, and men will seek you. Grieve, and they will turn and go. They want full measure of all your pleasure, but they do not need your woe. Be glad, and your friends are many. Be sad, and you lose them all. There are none to decline your nectared wine, but alone you must drink life's gall. Feast, and your halls are crowded. Fast, and the world goes by. Succeed and give, 
and it helps you live, but no man can help you die. There is room in the halls of pleasure for a large and lordly train, but one by one we must all file on through the narrow aisles of pain. Mm. So I like that one. And actually, it's interesting because when we started talking about this, I had actually listened to a podcast um, by Jon Snow, who is a historian, and he interviewed someone about all the ways that people die in Shakespeare plays. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really interesting because it kind of turned into this conversation about death and dying and how we perceive it. And then I read this poem and I was like, oh, that's so fascinating because I just listened to this podcast talking about this way that we perceive the end of life and grief. And I think that this poem does a good way of reminding us that like we all come to the same end um, but I don't think that that's a bad thing, which was kind of the point of the podcast. Now I'm rambling, um, <laughs> talking about how the ebbs and flow of life again, that sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but like you have to go up and down. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's true. I think it makes me, when I hear those words, it makes me appreciate the friends who are not uncomfortable sitting with me in my grief, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like when my mom died, there were friends who were there. And, you know, like you were one of them. You came over the same day that she died and mm-hmm. helped me call everyone who needed to be called and talked to so that I didn't have to do that which was amazing um my friend Katie went to get my sister from university she drove you know four hours to Indianapolis Mm -hmm. to pick her up and then bring her back to Ohio um so that she didn't have to drive in a state of like such grief and and you know just along the way like I've struggled with depression I've struggled with anxiety like crippling anxiety and the friends who don't turn away when you mm-hmm. are uncomfortable to be around because other people's pain is uncomfortable especially because we mostly just because we don't know what to say right, we don't know right. you know how to handle it but I think yeah I think that poem makes me appreciate the people who are willing to be in that with you yeah Um, I think that's a good way to look at it that it's not about mm -hmm. being sad or alone but it's about appreciating that like there's a whole world that's willing I mean this is very like rom-com 1990s sort of thing but there's a whole world that's willing to have fun with you if you're having fun but there are a handful of people that are willing to to walk through the dark yep it's true Thanks for listening to today's episode of From Quarantine. Our greatest wish is that it brought some levity to your day. If we made you laugh even a little bit, then we accomplished our goal. We are now live on all major platforms, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, as well as your favorite third-party apps. Just search for From Quarantine. You can find us on Instagram by searching from quarantine as well. And you can also reach us through our website, quarantine.cz. We would love it if you would like and share our episodes with your friends. But if you could also take a moment to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would help us out tremendously. Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow.
This podcast is brought to you by the coronavirus outbreak. Live together. Dialogue. So good. Someone out there is listening. Someone out there thinks our podcast's good. 